A Brazilian-American mom shares her family's NICU journey, sings an original song in Portuguese, and explains a few fun Brazilian customs. I mean, we are in a mom's group together, and I know you're from Brazil, but Mm -hmm. what part of Brazil are you from? I'm from Rio, born and raised, Rio de Janeiro. And do you speak Portuguese? Speak Portuguese. Ah, okay. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. And Arthur is your son, and he's, how many months old is he now? He is eight months old. He's eight months. Okay. And you posted to our mom's group, you posted a photo recently for World Prematurity Day, and I didn't realize he was premature. Like, how premature was he? He was uh, 10 weeks early. Wow. Um, Yeah, due to severe preeclampsia and placenta abruption. So it was very sudden. I was fine. And then a minute later, I was not fine. I was rushing to the hospital. He was born very fast. And it was very scary, but but it kind of was best case scenario. We were waiting for the worst and everything after that went pretty smoothly. And he did great in the NICU. He was hospitalized for 60 days and uh, he's been Yeah. Since the day after Mother's Day, he's been home. Were you in there with him during that time or were you going back and forth or how did that work? I was going back and forth. So he was born the day after COVID-19 was declared a pandemic. Oh my gosh. And so I saw during his hospitalization, the hospital change for that and get prepared. And, you know, new information was coming every minute. So I was hospitalized for a week to recover from my, just from preeclampsia and uh, got to see him every day. And I visited him every day except one day from his 60 days Um, and because, and came home and would sleep at home. And because of COVID, my husband wasn't allowed to go. It was just me. So my husband didn't see him for five weeks after he was born. And um, then he was allowed. How was that? What was that like for him? Strange, very uh, alienating, I think. It's weird to become a parent and not have a kid. And that, that was for both of us in, in a weird way. But for him, I was just telling him and showing him photos. You know, he was FaceTiming with his newborn in the NICU through while our phone was in a plastic bag. So it was a very alienating experience for him. And I'm glad he was able to still be a part of his hospitalization. Um, in the end, he was the last two weeks he was allowed because it just, it was important for him to get to see that part of Arthur's life too. Wow. I know it's funny. I was just talking to my partner, my husband about the newborn stage and some of the stuff he said was just, you know, I think it was harder for him to connect to Christopher yeah. when he was a newborn because he didn't have as much of a personality and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then just like the sleepless nights and the constant care. And like, I know I was super worried and nervous about all these things with him and he was home. So I imagine that was just really stressful and emotional for you guys. Very extremely. But oddly, you know, just last night I was sitting on the couch and I said to my husband with tears in my eyes, oh, I miss the newborn phase, which is so ridiculous because we had such a traumatic newborn phase. And, you know, thinking back, I wasn't happy. I was like trying to heal from this experience and transition him home, which was a very hard transition. But then I look at photos of him as a newborn and it's amazing how I completely erased that and was like, oh, I miss how little he was. And I miss the snuggles and I miss this and I miss that. So yeah, it was, it was really rough uh, to, to put it mildly, but um, it's, I can still look at it with, um, as a fond memory in a bizarre way. 
I know what you mean. It, it's like, <laughs> it's like, why am I looking back at the newborn phase with nostalgia when it yeah. I was like, I literally had the worst baby blues. I was recovering from a birth injury. It wasn't nearly as bad. What is preeclampsia? Is that a feeling that you get or is it? So I, I, I mean, I don't even know all the technicalities of it, but your blood pressure skyrockets and then you can have, um, slowly can have organ failure and go into a coma. And the only way to heal preeclampsia is to give birth, to remove the placenta. So I had it, they stabilized me and then I wasn't stable anymore. And his heart rate started to drop and they said, we have to, to save both of you, we have to remove him. That's kind of how it was. That's incredibly um, post-traumatic stress disorder is what I would probably have from that. And so would my husband, because I know just from our recent conversation, he was completely like, what, what is going to happen to the baby? What's going to happen to my wife? Like, what is, you know, that was how he felt during the whole thing. Very helpless, you know, very helpless. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So Arthur's now eight months old mm-hmm. and he's home with you guys and he's a beautiful, sweet, healthy, adorable baby. Cause he I've is. seen him a couple of times. <laughs> so like what, what are some of the ways you're interacting with him right now or playing with him? Are there any special ways or new ways that you're? Yeah. Uh, I sing a lot to him. His morning ritual includes a song. So I open the window and I just sing to him um, a song I made up. And um, he's very chatty. <laughs> uh, he's in the phase of uh, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> so we talk a lot and I tell him everything. I explain everything that's happening. That's how most of our interactions go, whether it's playing or taking a bath or a changing. I'm always talking to him and explaining the world around him. You know, maybe I, I feel like he understands what I'm saying sometimes. <laughs> so that's an encouragement to keep going. <laughs> I think they do. I think even if they don't know the definition of the word, they pick up on its meaning. And you mentioned when you when he wakes up in the morning, you sing him a song. Yeah. Is there a song that you sing to him in Portuguese? Yes. The song I sing to him in the morning is just Good Morning Joy. And I just repeat that in Portuguese. I can sing it to you if you'd like. Uh, in, um, just because he's a very joyous baby. A uh, very happy kid. He is. <laughs> and there's also a song that my mom used to sing to me, a Portuguese lullaby that I sing to him too. Okay. Um, is there, would you like me to sing either of them? That would be fabulous. So the, the morning song is... Um, Bom dia, alegria, bom dia. Bom dia, alegria, bom dia. Bom dia, alegria, bom dia, alegria. Bom dia, alegria, bom dia. Oh, I love it. It's so happy. It's just good morning, joy. Good morning, joy. Good morning, joy. Yeah, it's a good way to just wake up in the morning and like... You know, babies are so peppy when they wake up. They're ready to go. You know, yeah. I feel like that's, that's a very fitting song. It is. And he's, you know, he's waking up. I, I, I open the blinds. I turn off the sound machine and I start singing the song and he's immediately <gasps> big smile on his face with that oh, song. I yeah. love it. It's so sweet. <laughs> okay. Hold that thought. One second. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is motherhood and trying to work in action. As you know, one moment. <laughs> 100%. Hi, Christopher. He's so cute. It's, it's going to get interesting trying to hold a microphone. This is like normally I'm just walking around with him doing this because there's no other way to really do it. But now right. I just have to figure it out. But, um, and then what is the what, what is the song that your mom sang to you? The song that my mom sings is, um, 
Terezinha de Jesus, de uma queda foi ao chão, acudiram três cavaleiros, todos com chapéu na mão. And it goes on for a while, so I'll, I'll stop at that, uh, but it's, it, it's the same melody re, re, repeating itself. And the song, it, the lyrics are kind of weird. It talks about this girl, like this girl, Teresa, she fell. And then three guys came to help her. Uh, and they all had hats. <laughs> it's just very random. They all had hats. And the first one was her father. The second one was her brother. And the third one was the, the gentleman. She gave her hand to help her up. And then it talks about fruits. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, and then there's an orange, and you can eat a piece of the orange, and you can eat a piece of the lemon, um, and and I'd love a hug from you, my baby. The end. It's very, I don't know <laughs> what's the gist, but it's very magical in a way. In that way. When you were singing that, it's, I don't know what the right word is to describe the emotion, but it was beautiful. It's, yes, it's very comforting. I, I you know... My mother always sang it to me from the moment she was pregnant with me. And um, she says that at one point I started singing it to myself as a baby, you know, a little baby. I would hum it to be to myself, to put myself to sleep. So I sing it to Arthur as well. It's not the, I sing many songs to him, but, uh, but this also makes an appearance every once in a while. I love it. I love that you would sing it to put yourself to sleep. I think I saw a post recently about how when we sing lullabies to our babies, it develops neuropathways in their brain and it helps them to self-soothe. Yeah. And, and it's like the woman who leads our mom's group is often will say like singing is for the mom too. And I feel like right. it helps me get through the day too. And, and, and it's something I can, you know, give to my baby and we remember it. We're talking about 100%. it now. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. And, and there, there are times in bedtime, you know, this week I had a day like this where it was, it was hard. Bedtime was hard. And I, I was getting stressed too. And started, when I started singing the song to him, my shoulders immediately dropped. He was soothing me as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the lullabies for my sake. <laughs> no, really? No. But with what you're talking about with the stress. Hi, thanks for grabbing my face. I love you too. <laughs> Do you ever feel like when you go throughout the day that there's this like immediacy or this rushing around that happens when you're caring for Arthur? A hundred percent. Why? And I don't know why I feel like I need to rush, but I think it's because there's Christopher sounds activate something in me maybe that mm -hmm. is emotional. I, I don't know how of else course. to explain it. It's just part of our species, you know, it's part of being an animal. You hear your baby, you hear your offspring calling for help. It immediately triggers your brain to solve that problem and to, to help them. And I think in motherhood, you can never do all of the things that you set yourself out to do. And I know for me, I'm, I'm somebody who, who likes to have control and, and, and have her day, you know, be able to check things off her list. And so I'm always running around to try to catch up with myself. I feel like I'm always trying to catch up with myself. Yeah. Um, and it's been a learning experience becoming a mom to, to live more in the present moment and not always be rushing to the next thing and the next thing. And did I finish this? other thing. Right. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to have to let those five things go that I wanted to get done today because exactly. Yeah. Just like you, it's 
it's amazing that you are feeding your baby and holding your microphone and, and having this interview. It's just, it's amazing. That's, that's the definition of motherhood, what you're doing right now. This is what, this is what we do. We figure it yeah. out, right? You will have we, to. There's no other option. We multitask. When I asked you to do this interview, you mentioned some really interesting customs around childcare. Yeah. Will you explain some of them? Yeah, sure. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, the bath. The bath of the jewelry. So he was he was a NICU baby for, for two months. And so his first bath was in the NICU. And I remember talking to my mom on the phone and she's like, you have to take the jewelry. You have to take the jewelry to put in the bath. But I'm like, mom, he's in the NICU during a pandemic. I can't even enter the NICU with my wedding ring. Like I have to remove it, then wash up to my elbows uh, to be there. Uh, my phone is in a plastic bag. I'm not going to be able to just drop some jewelry inside his bath water. <laughs> and so I didn't. I couldn't. I didn't even try. But his first bath home, I did put um, Camelou jewelry on the water, on the bottom of the water. I don't know where that tradition come from. I think it's just more of a blessing of your ancestors. I love that. Well, you know, jewelry it can have such meaning. So I love yeah. that that's part of the ancestry. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's also a hilarious conversation to have <laughs> with I your know. mom. <laughs> I can't even, I'm trying to picture myself trying to enter the naked with this bag of jewelry and say, okay, now I'm going to drop this, all this stuff in here. And that would not, that would not have been allowed. <laughs> well, the other one that I found interesting was that the baby has to leave the hospital with red shoes. Yes. I'm not sure the orange of it, but it's just good luck. It's good fortune. It's going to have a good life. And he did. He did leave the hospital in red shoes. And some parents go as far as um, some Brazilian celebrities. They go all red. It's just the baby. It's all in red. Clothes, a red uh, receiving blanket. It just goes all out. For, for me, it was just the shoes. Well, that's great. And you can also keep them for when exactly. he's older. Yeah. And then Christopher's first birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks. And one of the ones you told me about or wrote about was that you celebrate every month of the first year, like a full party with a cake. With a cake, with a theme, with, uh, you know, it's like all out. It's called Mej Versailles. It was just monthly birthdays. And uh, that's for the first month. And you know, in Brazil, in a non-pandemic world, people go all the way. Themes. I'm talking, okay, this is a Cinderella theme. And then they put out the panel of the Cinderella and the Cinderella cake. And it's just really deluxe experience. I don't necessarily want to be a part of that. <laughs> Even if I was in Brazil, I don't think I would have gone that far. Um, but we do do it. And we do do a theme, I guess, you know, every month I'm like, oh, what could be the theme? For instance, for Halloween, I put a little black cat, you know, I printed a little black cat and stuck it in the cake with a little toothpick. So I'm trying to incorporate and we do a Zoom party with my parents and his parents, my husband's parents too. Well, you know, the first year of life is magical, right? So it makes sense to celebrate every month because they're doing new things every day. Yes, it's so different. He's he's a new baby every month. Uh, And it feels like a victory to have arrived there, just like a birthday. It's it's a moment of toasting to the year that that passed and the year that's to come. I feel like every month it is like that, and especially for us, given our journey. While he was in the NICU, one way I had of staying sane was every Friday I baked a cake and I, and I said, I'd bake a cake every Friday until he came home. And I did. And we had a lot of cakes. We <laughs> ate a lot of sugar uh, while he was in the NICU. 
<laughs> As you should after having a baby. Okay. <laughs> Get, yeah. That's the time to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, when I when I asked you to do this, I started researching a little bit of like Brazilian baby play and I came across this article um, that was written by an American woman who uh, was blown away uh, on a re- by a recent trip to Brazil when she realized how inclusive of children the Brazilian culture was. Like she said, there were kid-sized toilets in the airport and play spaces and restaurants and public spaces and children were at the Samba Club dancing with their parents and being cared for by others. And did you have that experience or what? what do you know of that? I don't necessarily remember kids spaces in restaurants and things like that. I I remember being surprised when I found that in the US. But it is true that a kid is just a part of your daily life. And it's just a part of the community. There's a big sense of community and family. You know, a lot of families live close by or live in the same little villa or the same building. and, And everybody is involved in the raising of of the baby. So as a kid, I was taken everywhere. I was I was part of an adult life in a way. I was never, oh, you're a little kid and you play here and this is your area. It was just like you're a kid and here you are. You know, my my, my parents' house was never baby proofed because there was just an understanding that I'm gonna know what I can and can't do and I'm gonna obey. <laughs> And I'm going to be a part because this is the family and this is the house and I'm just going to adapt to the house. So yeah, things like I was just talking to my mom. I said, I should baby proof because I feel like he's going to start crawling soon. And she said, and she laughed and she said, oh my gosh, you know, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. What do you like? You're like, what's next? What's next? What's next? <laughs> what do you like, huh? Yeah. What's next? What's next? 